genre. Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today on the show, we will be discussing, uh, I think, Time Lash, the uh, sixth doctor's sixth story. Yes. Uh, Time Lash, which is written by glenn mccoy and directed by pennant roberts uh time lash is uh coming toward the end of our our uh our our only season of uh classic who with 45 minute episodes thank god Uh, and uh yeah we've only got one more after this um and then never again uh which is 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 the next one the dalek one yes okay Yep, yep, yep. Um, and speaking of Daleks, uh, Glenn McCoy, who wrote this story, he was uh, he actually submitted a storyline featuring the Daleks uh, to the Doctor Who production office in early 1983. And uh, Eric Sayward actually rejected his idea, but then told him that he might actually reconsider the proposal if it was rewritten without Daleks. So... Ironically, this story was supposed to have Daleks in it, and he said no, and then the very next story has Daleks in what it. What the heck? <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I, the the Daleks, this was supposed to be like a um, a crazy – I mean it, it's, it's entirely possible that the reason that uh, Sayward rejected the idea was because of what he was planning on doing with the Daleks in the story, which was that the Daleks – we're basically going to um, – the Daleks and uh, I think Davros were going to take up the role of um, Borad. Uh, and so what Borad was planning on doing – I think it was supposed to be sort of like a um, Davros, Bride of Frankenstein kind of thing mm. Was, mm. was the idea. And, uh, and which sounds really cool in theory, but let's be honest – it probably wouldn't have been that cool an execution. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, so that was rejected and uh, he told them to rewrite it without, the, without you know, the Daleks. And then um, he did. And uh, this is what we got. One of the things that he wanted to add in was the concept of having a young man named Herbert who would be revealed <laughs> to be H.G. Wells by the end of the the end of the story, and of course, it features many, uh, many sort of um, nods and winks to uh, the uh, the uh, bibliography. I don't know of of H.G. Wells. Um, is uh, you've got you've got the time machine, obviously, and then you've mm-hmm. got 
um, Borad being sort of like the island of Dr. Moreau, and then you've got the uh, the time crystal 10-second delay thing, which is like the Invisible Man. Um, so basically this was, uh, you know, the opening of uh, Last Crusade uh, where – where Indiana Jones has uh, one, one, one no good, very bad day, and it just creates him all in the, over the course of like 45 minutes mm-hmm. um, of his life. You mean Hollywood, uh, that's, modern Hollywood storytelling? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, what, uh, that's what this was. Um, so, you know, he went on one little adventure, and uh, it gave him the inspiration to write all of his books. So... Uh, yeah, so, uh, McCoy, um, he turned in his scripts and, uh, Sayward was like, this kind of sucks. And John Nathan Turner, (laughs) John Nathan Turner was like, yeah, no, it does suck, but we already paid him and I don't want to waste the money that we spent. So just have him write the next part. And he's like, okay. And so he wrote the next part and they were both like, yeah, this really sucks. We should get in a really good director. So they get in Pennant Roberts, who uh, previously worked on uh, Warriors of the Deep and uh, was sort of like, a, you know, he was a he was a working TV director at the time and, and had really, um, I don't know, proven himself to be a, a workman type uh, director. You know, he always gets the job done uh, mm-hmm. on time and under budget. And uh, so we'll, they're like, well, we'll get this guy. Uh, on and uh he'll fix it because he's so good at Mm -hmm. directing and then they gave him the scripts and roberts read it and was like this sucks uh he was like i don't understand why does the doctor hate perry so much yeah um why is he so mean all the time and why are there no women in this story (laughs) Because apparently one of the things that Roberts was really well known for in the industry was uh, he would take scripts, he would get scripts, and he would find any role that didn't have to be a man and cast a woman. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he did this constantly. He was very well known for it. And so that was the very first thing that he did uh on this he he made sayward soften the relationship between the doctor and perry yes that's right this was softened <laughs> and uh and then also uh cast uh women in uh, various roles uh in the story um originally there was only one uh female character in the whole thing and now i think there's Three or four, I guess. Or one new character, obviously Perry. But then um, one other female character that was new to the story. And then mm-hmm. he ended up adding, I think, two others, two or three others, uh, just by casting them as women, which amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah. So then uh, Roberts uh, filmed it. And the other problem with the story was that it was uh, – the part one was very heavy and part two was very light. So they uh, just shot the whole thing as if it was one 90-minute episode and then they found the two episodes in the edit room because there was no other way to do it because of uh, wow. how – yeah, because of how how uh, poorly structured it was. Um, so that's what they did and then they, they created that, that cliffhanger um, that we have at the end of part one uh, in the edit room. And 
uh yeah and so that was uh that was that i mean you know there's not really um there's not really a good story here but uh you know roberts hates the story and he never worked for doctor who again because he hated it so much uh <laughs> and he was like a sh- he's ashamed that this is on his resume um so there you go uh he never came back time lash ruined pennant roberts um that so anyway sad. that's yeah i know so uh so yeah that's that's it i mean there's not uh there's not a lot it's it's a lot of this kind of sucks yep how can we fix it i let's just <laughs> let's just do it let's just make it who cares uh and then we got time lash so there we go um <sighs> i don't um i don't I don't hate this. I do think I do think that it needed something more, but there's there's a few things in it that I just I like a lot. Um uh, my my issue with it more than anything is that I don't I don't remember a lot of the characters' names in this mm-hmm. other sure. than uh Herbert, little little old Herbert. Um but the dude in the cloak, I think Tecker, is that his name? Yes. Um yeah. He's great. Hell I yes. I love him. I love Tecker. I wish, I wish he was just the Six Doctors ongoing. Oh yeah, villain. like the whole <laughs> because, the whole time. Like imagine <laughs> if he was. Imagine if he turned out to be the master. Yeah, like, you come on, stupid idiot. Yeah. Oh my god. What, I, just, what, what, I love. I love him. What Tecker's was the? Great. What was the? Uh, the the official name? He was. I'm the headland. What was it? Like that's headland Decker. You. You. Oh, soup. <laughs> I don't remember. I literally just watched it. And I'm just like, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard to watch when your eyes are rolling in the back of your head. Oh, my gosh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm upset anyway. that I had to watch this more than once in my lifetime, honestly. Well, never, never again. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> Time Lash Part One, written by Glenn McCoy. Directed by Pennant Roberts. Produced by John Nathan Turner. Script edited by Eric Sayward. Air date, March 9, 1985. The Sixth Doctor and Perry are arguing in the TARDIS as it is suddenly pulled into a time corridor in space. They brace themselves for impact, but there is a strange anomaly in the form of a ghostly woman who walks through the console room and disappears. Meanwhile... We learn about the planet Carful, where the small population is ruled by the Borad, a sadistic and despotic ruler. The Borad has never shown himself in person, instead enforcing laws through the Council and his androids. Rebels are dealt with by execution via the Time Lash, a permanent, fatal exile down a corridor of time and space. One member of the Council, Mycross, has grown tired of the Borad's rule and wishes to overthrow him. He conspires with the second-in-command, but the Borad finds out, and both are dealt with. The second-in-command is aged to death while Mycross is sentenced to the Time Lash. Before he can be sent in, however, Vina, his betrothed, intervenes to plead for his life. When this fails, she steals an amulet from the new second-in-command, Tekker, and accidentally falls into the Time Lash. The TARDIS lands, and the Doctor recognizes this as the planet he has visited before. 
Tucker treats the doctor and Perry as favored guests, but when he asks the doctor to return to the time lash to retrieve the stolen amulet and the doctor refuses, Tucker says that Perry has been taken hostage to ensure his cooperation. However, Perry escapes her captors and finds herself in the network of caves underneath the city. Some rebels save her from a lizard creature called the Morlocks, but they are soon attacked and captured by guards. To protect Perry, the doctor returns the Tardish into the Time Lash. He calculates that the normal path of the Time Lash would send Vina to 1179 on Earth, but the interference of the Tardis, which the doctor and Perry had seen earlier, caused her to end up in Scotland in 1885. When the doctor arrives, he finds Vina, the amulet, and a man named Herbert. All three depart and return to Carful, and the TARDIS arrives back in the council chamber. The doctor, Vina, and Herbert are then rounded up with the captured rebels, and the doctor is forced towards the time lash by one of the androids. Yeah, so, anyway. Um, never again until... Um, until uh, the uh, BBC America hires us to do uh, drunk Doctor Who history, and then we'll have to watch it. Again. Oh, and then okay. you can be drunk and surly, and then talk about it, and then and then I'll just be like, "F this guy," and then recreate it. F yeah. the weird <laughs> dinosaur man. <laughs> oh man, I love the weird dinosaur man. <laughs> yeah, no, I I actually do too. I love. I think it. my favorite my favorite thing in this story, other than Tecker, is the um the uh, the Muppet. The Muppet. Oh, the, the worm? The Bandrill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was fantastic. I wanted him to be <laughs> in so much more of it. When they called him, he was like, you better hurry up. My people are coming. We're going to kill you. It's like, <laughs> yes, I want to see more of your people, please. Please. <laughs> oh, man. I like, um, the, I like the weird dinosaur snake worm thing in the tunnels. Oh, that, of like, course. Yeah, the one that attacks Perry. Perry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. The... Yeah. The visual effects in this, be it costumes, the set, the, the freaking, we'll go into it, but just some of the sets they built in this were just so impressive. And yeah. I, the, the, only, the, the, puppetry, the only the puppet issue, work was so great. It looked great. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That was, you're, you're totally right. Yeah. I think my only issue with the sets and the costumes, separately, they're both solid. Mm -hmm. But together... Oftentimes, I found because the costumes were beige, gray, and For the sure. sets were beige, gray, they all just sort of merged together visually, yeah. and, and so that kind of bothered me. Separately, they're good. It's just together, they didn't. I don't know that they quite worked. Yeah, it's like they took the note about about the 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 the, the planet Carful or, or whatever whatever the city was called about it being like you know Perry was like wow this place kind of sucks huh you know like everything's kind of <laughs> matte and there, nothing's really shiny and they, I think they kind of took that note and maybe were like oh okay we'll do but you know there's always a way to make it not yeah I know. mean you make the you make the walls beige and you make the people in in gray costumes and then they they're monochromatic but at least they don't like blend merge together. into the mm -hmm. yeah they don't blend together into the sets. Um, I will say the the sets, uh, especially the set near the time lash portal, uh, it is just, it is just like the most eighties design, like the just like the coral colors yeah. and the like you expect, <laughs> yeah, you beige and gray. Oh my god, yeah, it's like the yeah. elders from Bill and Ted. This is like what their outside yes. of that chamber looks like. Yes, <laughs> I felt like I was back growing up in Florida again. 
Um, oh my god! In the, in the late '80s, early '90s, that's what this felt like. <laughs> oh man! Welcome to Florida, um, Perry. Yeah, <laughs> land of nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I was trying to figure out who Tecker reminded me of the most. I was getting kind of like a Lord Farquaad vibe. Yeah, Lord Farquaad, a little bit of a um. A little bit of a uh, 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 what's his name in uh, Chamber of Secrets? Oh, Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, a little Gilderoy mm. Lockhart and Order of uh, Merlin, third and, class, <laughs> <laughs> and and a little bit of um, uh, what is his name? Is it? It's uh, his last name Sheen. What's his first name? Not Ma- Martin. Michael. Michael Sheen. Yeah, kind of a Michael Sheen ish. Mm vibe about him i don't know Or charlie sheen is it no 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 michael sheen (laughs) okay definitely michael sheen uh i think i don't know he was reminding me of someone very specific but anyway he's great he's got a cape and uh he's uh very full of himself and sniveling scheming it's good always scheming. scheming yeah it's good stuff i like that guy um Anyway, yeah, it's so interesting. This is like a, uh, you know, that, that, that turn of phrase where like it's, uh, you know, the story is not the sum of its parts. I mean, that this is the perfect example of that. Like, we're like, I kind of like all the parts in this. Yeah. It's just that when you put them all together, because you, you're like, yeah, there's a dude who's like a half dinosaur who gets, who at the end of this gets thrown into a portal and turned into the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I, mean, I know. By all rights, I should love this, but I yeah. do not. Yeah. At all. I know. I just, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think that, uh, okay, so first of all, like part one, starting with, in this era in particular, because of how much Eric Sayward hated <laughs> the Sixth Doctor, it is, it was, I was, I was shocked that this started with a scene in the TARDIS between the doctor and Perry. I was right. like, Whoa, what? <laughs> Cause usually I'm used to Eric Sayward, six doctor stories, starting with a bunch of people we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we're with them for so long that I forget that I'm watching doctor who, which we for uh, sure get some of that. I mean, it does take about 20 minutes for the doctor Perry plot line and the, the, the contron or whatever timeline to like sync up but uh, yeah it was interesting to see that right off the bat dr perry Mm -hmm. and right off the bat they're arguing yeah i will say this maybe i maybe i might have said this last time but i i do remember watching this one and being like wow i actually he is growing on me the sixth Mm -hmm. doctor um where the e yeah this reminds me the uh, the most this the, like his interactions with Perry in this remind me the most when uh new who doctors bicker with their companions. Mm. Um like like nine. Uh, like the thing where the thing where she where he's like no no and then he like Ugh, and then he goes over and fiddles with some stuff and then no like <laughs> that that feels like I, I I feel like other like modern doctors have have yeah. taken that personality trait and and used it from time to time. Especially eleven. Now that I'm thinking about it, like eleven could get really like fuss, yeah. fussy. Yeah, and like you're doing it wrong. Yeah, 
Yeah, but rather than but rather than uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman's bully, um, he acts like an actual child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really is the sixth Doctor. Really is if Pee Wee Herman's bully was a doctor, Francis Buxton. <laughs> yeah, Francis Buxton. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? I think my father that... said that I could have anything I want for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that bothers me the most about when Six and Perry specifically bicker is that he is super aggro about it. Mm -hmm. Like there's that part where he's like yelling and like, she's like cringing and I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, that's not a good look. (laughs) You know, it's a little, it's kind of because I think in the, in the, in the, in the context of the scene, like the doctor has like 90 to a hundred percent of the power yeah, and yeah. and Perry is just like, oh, hey, I'm happy to be here, you know. Please don't. And it's just like, oh god, I feel like I'm in a friggin' office. But like, when it happens to like eleven, I guess it kind of feels like he's fighting to take some of his power back from Amy. We're just like, hey, why are you walking around like you own the place? You don't own the place. I own the place. And like, that's kind of, I, I guess that's like marginally more interesting than just like a boss yelling at his subordinate. <laughs> right. with no yeah. fear of repercussion well this was the 80s so that's just how it was oh for sure it uh, was just an unending nightmare <laughs> yeah just an unending nightmare of bosses yelling at their and now we're nostalgic with, for it with no repercussions <laughs> yep yep you better believe it uh yeah so anyway um so that's happening. They uh, they come up across across this this uh, this tunnel, this time corridor thing that is just the funniest effect. It was just like somebody took a hexagonal pattern into Microsoft Paint <laughs> and just like slapped down a few random colors onto it, and then put it into an episode of Doctor Who. Uh, it is. One of the cheapest effects I've ever seen on Doctor Who, mm. and that's saying something. It's, uh, it's pretty it's, amazing. It's it's maybe the most like high school theater production special effect. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was a lot of that in this episode. Actually, mm-hmm. um, there's that there's that bit where uh, the two guys go into that room they have to use the key at the same time to like get the thing to go up um and that is like it was just the most (laughs) it was just the cheapest effect like you could just practically see this person right off camera like pulling the rope to like drag the thing up (laughs) just it's so funny oh man that blew my mind i could not get over how good the inside of the time lash looked Oh really? I loved it. I just I it looked so it just, it just looked like the coolest thing ever made for like yeah again like a, like a, like a, like an amateur theater production like oh god it must take it so much time to cut the individual <laughs> like shards and like it looked like it just looked like the most fun like escape room escape room. Oh yeah, you're talking about like the the like the sort of like crystal yeah, wall yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Though we're in there for a really long time, we are. that's I, that's part two, I think. It is, it yeah, is. Really um, yeah, yeah. But but uh, yeah, I I um I think my other favorite part of this is just just based on just the audacity of it are these uh, somebody somebody who was involved with the Super Mario Brothers movie 
watched Time Lash and was a big fan because those are definitely Goombas. Um, the androids in this, they're like blue Goombas. <laughs> they like, oh my god. Um, well, it, it, Scott, I think it was very charitable and kind of you to say androids. Uh, b- oh yeah, buying well, in, buying into the illusion that there was ever more than one of these things. Uh, right. They were they are very careful about only they are, they only have one android at a time. Yes, definitely. That God bless that actor. I hope he got I hope he got paid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's uh, he, he's got a blue face, bright yellow hair, not blonde, yellow. Yeah, like bleach. Like, like it's really bad. Not not even bleach. Like literally, like the like like they colored his hair with crayon. <laughs> um, just yellow. Like goldenrod, and then a blue face, and then he's got like a muscle suit on that makes his shoulders like five times bigger than they should be. And he already looks like a like a broad fellow. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it makes his head look really tiny. And then on top of all of that, you're like, oh wow, this guy's really intimidating. And then he talks, and he's got a high pitched. A high-pitched little robot, like voice. a like a kind of like a kind of sing-songy kind of tone. Yeah, like a like a like uh, the the voice that your robot friend would have. Like if you had a robot friend as a child, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like please be my friend. <laughs> um, kind of vaguely canine esque. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little more aggro, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Canine could be pretty aggro sometimes. Yeah, but he's adorable. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. I, so uh, in this in this uh, planet, they uh, execute traitors by throwing them into a time portal, and then they just they go wherever they end up, anywhere in space and time. Yeah, it fe- uh, it felt like weird. it almost felt like before, like the technology that would become the angels. Yeah. Well, or or uh-huh. or maybe if you want to like if you want to retcon it, it's almost like maybe they found out they heard legends of the angels, and they were like, "Oh, a creature that can displace you in time! What a great way of of getting rid of enemies! Let's make a machine that does." I don't know. I kind of I sensed the connection, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, that is cool. I see, and that's the thing. Again, it's a really cool idea. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like this this episode, this story is loaded with cool ideas. Mm-hmm. If they had just had a writer that was able to like actually bring all these things together. This could be a really cool story. <laughs> like seriously. My question <laughs> like though, like is, oh, so was cool. Eric Sayward like busy? Like that's literally his job to make the scripts better. Was he, I think he was writing, uh, the Dalek episode. Oh, uh, so he was busy. And you said that one's really good, right? It's fine. No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that there's any six doctor stories you would call really good. Mm-hmm. I like Mysterious Planet, but that's next. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, that does have a that does have a robot packing a suitcase. Does he that's... travel to the set of Mysterious Planet? <laughs> if only. <laughs> um anyway. Uh yeah. So Yeah, they're, uh, they're pushing people into the time and time lash. That's how they get rid of them. Yeah. There's like a rebellion. Um, I like that. They walk the plank into a time portal. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. That's a cool idea. I really love just getting right to the getting getting right to the meat. Like we're already in media res with this political uprising. Yeah. So yeah, so they're killing traitors. 
and uh, and uh, Tecker is uh, being a, a swarmy guy with his cloak. He literally <laughs> does cloak. like, yeah, it's uh, great. He does the thing where he like whips it over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, single single shoulder cloak. That's the best kind of oh cloak. Oh my god, uh, a- asymmetrical cloaks. That's that's good stuff. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So they they uh, the TARDIS comes through the the time lash portal uh, due to them going through the the Microsoft Paint portal that they saw, <laughs> and they went through that and they came out the time lash portal and they're like, things aren't supposed to come in this. They're supposed to go out this. They're like, oh no, it's fine. That's the Doctor. Oh right, we had that adventure with him that one time. We sure did. And I just learned today while getting ready that that is not a reference to a past episode. Nope. Nope. That that freaked me out. Yeah. Nope. Because, like, I watched this with, uh, uh, oh, this is fun. I watched this with my roommate, and this was his first ever Doctor Who episode. I'm sorry to your roommate. Uh, Oh, oh, no, no. Don't say. We had a heck of a time. This was, uh, this was, we we had so much fun. He was like, this is the craziest show I've ever seen. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 when they uh and when they cut to like like who's that and it's like joe grant in like the the locket or whatever i was like oh well i'm sure scott castle told me all about this it's like <laughs> terror of the mind people it's like an eight-part black and white <laughs> story that we're gonna have to talk about for like six hours in a year but no 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 it doesn't even exist nope <laughs> that's crazy nope. i wonder if big finish has ever gone back and and made that adventure because they do like those companion chronicles, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, they can't get John Pertwee back. Definitely. But, although they really should just cast his son as the third Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, just, well, they got that. They just got that do Alfred. some third Doctor stories. They got that oh, Alfred man. spinoff coming now. He's gonna be busy. Uh, no, that's not him. They're they're, oh, they're casting getting, someone else. Okay, that makes all the it's sense not in a the world. Spin-off. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's no way that gets picked up. That's not happening. Sure. Um, <laughs> ten out of ten. That is not happening. <laughs> ten out of ten. Uh, yeah, ten out of ten not happening. Um, it's silly that anyone thought that that was a good idea. Uh, anyway. It's like it's a Teen Titans Go joke. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. You're Alfred. Right. Alfred. Um, the belt. <laughs> I love that movie. Anyway, uh, it's a great movie. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't see that anywhere that I can. I don't see. Oh, like if if finish. there was ever like a like a. Uh, chapter prequel. Book, a prequel. Yeah, it's cool because yeah. like they 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 mentioned that the world used to be like super beautiful and very impressive to look at. So that would be interesting to. Oh be- my god! So it says in prose, the only reference to that adventure uh, was in a book called Speed of Flight. It is mentioned that the Doctor and Joe are on their way to Carful, oh. with the reference. Uh, to the doctor only having one companion here explained as Captain Mike Yates was joining them on their trip. <laughs> Who's Captain Mike Yates? That's that guy that I keep telling you is a companion, but you would never know because he doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a unit soldier. Oh. Anyway. I kind of like that this is like his castle run. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. Something that is always alluded yeah, I guess to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, his Kessel Run or his uh, Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's the Time War. I don't know. Um, Something that should never anyway. be explained. Well, no, the Clone Wars ended up pretty good. That's a, that, that's that's a great show. 
Yeah, it is a great show. You're right. Um, and uh, anyway, so <laughs> the I uh, okay. So then, uh, uh, you know, betray, betray, betray. Yeah, like well, we see like one of the king people is is like low was low key like a rebel leader, and then he meets like the. The main bad guy. Uh, we call him Salad Fingers. That's what we called him. Last <laughs> me, me and my roommate. Oh my god! Salad Fingers. Salad Fingers. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, did you watch that cartoon, Nick? Yeah, yeah. That was like one of the first things on the internet. That was like around Homestar Runner era, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, vintage Be- memes, Bethany, right there. Bethany and I quote that all the time. Oh my god. Um, Every time we see, uh, every time we do a horse racing thing, we're like, he's all ready for the big race. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, salad fingers. Um, so, yeah, so the, lots of betrayal stuff, and then they're going to throw uh, the doctor into the time lash portal. Um, also there's like a ghost lady. Yeah. So, deal? so they, they push like the daughter of the leader who got turned into a skeleton they like it's her turn to get time lashed, but then she's holding like a a MacGuffin. I mean, let's be honest. It's just like a necklace that's like a triangle and you put it on the thing. But then like she appears like a Dickensian ghost in the TARDIS, like floating from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. And it's Yeah, and Perry's like, What's that? And the doctor's like, Shut up. <laughs> Shut, Shut up. up. Stop uh, talking. Uh, <laughs> I look worse. great. Uh, yeah. So then she appears in the 1800s, uh, and, and that's where we meet Herbert, uh, who is using a, an old fashioned Ouija board, the kind that we're like in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he's like doing his Ouija board thing with an upside down glass because this, <laughs> the budget of this couldn't even afford to get him like a proper Ouija piece. They just... We're like, I don't know, somebody draw on a circle letters and numbers, and then we'll give him a we'll just turn a drinking glass upside down. It's fine. Who cares? It's season <laughs> twenty-two, people. Yeah, we're about to get canceled anyway. It doesn't matter. Um so so yeah, so she appears and he's like, he he just so happens to be using that Ouija board, so he's convinced that she's a ghost, and then the doctor comes after her in the TARDIS, and then he thinks that, that he's a demon. And it's a whole misunderstanding. And the doctor just like is like, I don't I don't have time for this. I just need to find the girl that just appeared here. There she is. Hi. We need to go do this thing. And she's like, okay. And then he's like, I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, Herbert, you're not. And he's like, I think I am. He's like, all right, whatever. I just don't even care anymore. She'll die anyway. What do I care? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, So, yeah. So then they all go back and then that's – when uh, the guy was like, yeah, no, I need the thing that she had. And so he's going after it and he, they, they all come back to the thing and he's like, ah, I tricked you. You're not, I'm not letting you free. You're going to go into the time lash now. Mwahaha. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he pushes him in the time lash and that's our cliffhanger for part one. Um, it's, uh, it's very, you know, I, I, I feel like we keep saying this a lot. I, I think it's less so – it was less so in The Three Doctors. That was probably the story that most successfully did the 45-minute thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, I mean, t- the two pacing, doctors you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. The two doctors. Sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, the, you know, pacing-wise, they were still like, all right, come on. Like you could still probably trim 10 minutes out of each of those. Right. But 
But it wasn't so obviously two parts just edited together into one. Um, this the structure of this is not so so good because mm-hmm. um, it's so obvious that like part one was getting there and then part two was like this mission that he sends him on mm-hmm. to go get the thing that the lady has. Uh, so it's it just it's very. Um, I don't know. These 45-minute episodes, what a mistake yeah. that was. Which is interesting because it we know that going into the remake era, that would become like the status quo. But maybe it's just splitting them in half. Maybe it's making mm-hmm. everyone like a, a two-parter. I barely like the two-parters oh. they do now. How long are those? Yeah. Uh, what, in, in modern? Yeah, like, what, it's like 44 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're two forty five minute episodes. Yeah, I can't remember the last two parter I liked. That was dope. I'm so glad that was two parts. Yeah, like the Wick, I, yeah, the Wicker no. King one, very great. No, what was the last? Oh, probably the um, the uh, the Cybermen two parter. Right, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, the finale that was, was that the finale? Yeah. yeah, that was the finale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the finales are normally two-parters, technically. But that one was, like, literally. Yeah, that one was more literal. Because, like, even in season, what was it, 10? 9? 9. Season 9's finale was, like, a two-parter. But it was, like, Heaven Sent and Hellbent. Like, those were two separate episodes. Yeah. They were, you know, they had ties between the two. But they were obviously two separate episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the, The master... Cybermen two-parter. That was like an actual legit two-parter, I would say. So, anyway. Timelash Part 2, written by Glenn McCoy, directed by Pennant Roberts, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Eric Sayward, air date March 16th, 1985. They fight back and seal the chamber doors. This buys the doctor enough time to hoist into the time lash on a rope and take two crystals from the wall of the time corridor. He uses this to create an illusion, allowing him to slip out of the chamber. Herbert follows. Meanwhile, Tekker reports to the Borad, who is revealed to be a mix of humanoid and warlocks. They watch on a screen as Perry is brought into a cave and strapped down while some warlocks gather around her. A canister of a chemical that can fuse together different tissue as one creature is placed near Perry. The Borad's plan is to make Perry a lizard mutant just like him. The doctor arrives to confront Tekker and the Borad, recognizing the latter as a crazed scientist he encountered on his previous visit to Carpal. His plan has been to provoke a war with the neighboring planet, which will wipe out all the Carphalons, but leave the Morlocks and himself alive. This revelation prompts Tekker to rebel, but he is aged to death. The Doctor uses one of the crystals from the Time Lash to deflect the beam back at the Borad, killing him. Herbert helps the Doctor rescue Perry from the Morlocks. They return to the Council Chamber, where a few of the rebels have identified a Bandrill invasion fleet armed with warheads. Bandrills are suspicious of the Doctor's attempts to intervene, so he decides to materialize the TARDIS in the path of the incoming warhead. He succeeds at deflecting it, and returns to find that the Borad is still alive after all, and is threatening to steal Perry away. The Doctor uncovers a mirror and brandishes it at the Borad, who is distraught at the sight of himself, and he is thrown into the time lash by the Doctor, 
who says he was sent to Loch Ness in the 12th century. In the TARDIS, the Doctor and Perry prepare to depart Carful to return Herbert to his own time. Herbert is still outside, and the Doctor calls to hurry him up before showing Perry Herbert's business card, which identifies him as H.G. Wells. Um, so part episode two of Time Lash, uh, it's episode two is, is, is rougher than, than, uh, episode one, which is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Which is saying something. Yeah. Um, the doctor spends like 20 minutes of it on a rope hanging (laughs) through the time lash. Yeah. Like spelunking. Uh, It's like like spelunking spelunking in Care Bear Land. Because everything like is foam crystals. Everything looks like it's so soft and so safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so it's so strange. They're like having trouble pulling him out because he slips and he's hanging off the rope. And so, like all these people are carrying are holding the other side of the rope on the other side of the time lash so that he doesn't, you know, fall through time. And uh, they're having trouble pulling him out. So, like rather than getting more guys or, or pulling, like they're having trouble holding him. And so their solution is how about two of us let go of the rope and climb down so that, so that four of us aren't holding the weight of one person. (laughs) Two of us are holding the weight of three of us. That makes sense. It's perfectly reasonable. Uh, oh my god! Well, my my roommate remarked simply the fact that uh, just a, a a rope is able to make its way through the time lash. They're just like pulling on it, and the doctor's like it's just around his waist, and just like yeah, the rope's fine. It kind it kind it kind of makes me question anyone else who got pushed into the time lash how their fortitude because it doesn't seem that hard to just hang out there in that room, <laughs> right? Like why aren't there just like half a dozen people in there? <laughs> I don't know. Um so uh so yeah, so then there um there's this bit where uh uh the one dude our 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 swarmy uh swarmy tecker um he uh finds this random guy and is like, "Hey, you're getting a promotion." Really? It feels so sudden. Yep, totally totally getting a promotion. <laughs> and they walk into the room with with the Borad, and he's like, "This guy's a traitor," and he's like, "Oh, you know what we do to traitors? We kill them." And he's like, "No, I thought I was getting a promotion," and then he dies, and it's just like, "Yeah, he like gets tricked." Oh man, and what a bummer! And Tech is just like, "Ah, ah, got him." <laughs> it's like the equivalent of of uh, patting him on the back and putting a traitor sign, like mm-hmm. traitor traitor kick me <laughs> sign on his back. it's ridiculous um so uh perry's in in the caves meanwhile and she finds that creature and we learn that um borad is like a um he's uh like an amalgamation of that creature in the caves and and one of these uh i don't know i i'm just gonna say humans because at the end of the day they are they're humans um but obviously they're not they're from another planet but they're they're humans humanoids uh yeah so he like becomes an amalgamation of this thing and he's like real bummed out about it because he's like this hideous two-face <laughs> monster and he's like this really sucks look at my salad fingers and <laughs> i remember like, you nobody's from the last going adventure. to love me 
And the doctor's like, you're right, because you're a hideous monster. You ugly monster. You horrible, smelly, disgusting monster. Yeah. And he's like, I'll make someone love me. And that person's name is Perry. And we're <laughs> gonna, I'm going to make her into someone like me. And we're going to fall in love. And we're going to have lots of sex and have lots of babies. <laughs> And it's going to be great. And the doctor's just like, oh, except that you're so ugly. Harry's already like in it's... love with someone. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Perry, Perry has no say in any of this. Perry no. is um, in that cave for all of part two. Yeah. Until she gets out. She gets taken out. Dra- like dragged out of the cave. Basically, by Borad, by the neck, and is like, "You're gonna marry me." Literally, she's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, literally, she's she, she's reduced to Penelope pit stop for like this yeah. entire episode. Yeah, or olive oil, or yeah, you know, pick your poison. Dawn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, but yeah, no. The doctor so, just 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 shames this guy for his looks in a in a yeah. in a very undoctor like move. Yeah, but that's but that's that's after yes. uh, taking fifteen minutes to explain his new time projector mm-hmm. technology crystal necklace that he's made, yeah. in which he turns it on. And then uh, people seem to be getting hit by an invisible man. And then 10 seconds later, he gets up and then like hits the spaces where they were because he's being he's projecting a 10 second delay. Yeah. On yeah. Reality. Yeah. yeah. That was actually kind of cool. Like because like, there's a part in early on in part two where just like a flaming android appears out of nowhere in the middle of a fight mm-hmm. and right. I mean, I remember like, wait, what? And then when they brought that back, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of like a, they do that a lot. Would they, they're, they're going to do that a lot more going forward. Like playing with the idea that this is a show that moves in and out of time. Right. Huh. Yeah. They don't, for a show about time travel, they do very little time travel play mm-hmm. in classic who it's almost, it's, it, it actually, the more I watch of this, the more, I'm I'm impressed by Moffat's run just in the way that he really did like wait why because it, it's an adventure show for this right. class it's like ooh let's wander around this place and talk to all these people and stop this thing from happening and then yeah you do get to like past and present and future there's this great line in this episode where the bad guy's like you know you don't have a monopoly on the fourth dimension doctor and I'm like oh it's a good it's a good bad guy line. <laughs> Uh, so, so anyway, so, um, after, uh, uh, the doctor defeats Borad by showing him his hideous, ugly reflection. I know, he literally, like, unveils a mirror and he's just like, no, and... How do you know there was a mirror behind I don't know. I love that there's, like, a little John Pertwee cardboard cutout, though. Just, like, chilling. (laughs) I took that to mean, because in part one... The do- um, uh, the doctor was like, it didn't used to look like this. And Barry's like, yeah, it looks like they put mad over everything. And I, I just was like, oh, it's like underneath all of this. Like he made all that mirror stuff go away because he was like, well, I don't want to have to look at myself when I take over. So I'll make them cover all that now. Mm. With the top of the line 80s interior decoration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
yeah, and then he uh, Borad uh, Tecker like turns on him because he's like, "I'm not letting you lead. I'm the leader. You're an ugly monster." I've I've been listening to what this doctor is saying, and he's right. You are hideous. Uh, and so Tecker's like, "I'm taking over. I've got a cloak. I, you know, I've got I've got swarm." And uh, Borat is just like like hell. You are, and he zaps him with this thing that ages him instantly. So that's like our second Last Crusade reference in this mm-hmm. in this story. Just like watching a man age all the way into a skeleton in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um. It's cooler in Last Crusade. I know that's probably surprising to all of you. (laughs) It is. It is cooler. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most disappointing part of this story is that Tekker doesn't stick around to be an ongoing threat for the Sixth Doctor because he really is like, he would be the perfect master for the Sixth Doctor. I know. Mm -hmm. I can't believe they like bring the freaking poop slug monster back and not this guy. Like, Uh, this guy's great. <laughs> well, what 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 weirds me out even more is because you know there's a part where where Borat is like, "Do you don't remember me, do you?" From my last adventure, and the doctor was like, "I do remember you." And I'm, at the time, I was like, "Oh, it's kind of cool to bring someone back from another story." But now that I know <laughs> there was no other story, yeah, I'm completely like, "Well, why not just make Tecker the main bad guy?" Heck yeah, Tecker was great. Um. Yeah. So and then Borat anyway. becomes the Loch Ness monster and is used by well, the well, but first, before, <laughs> but 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 first, Borat reveals that he doesn't even need a girlfriend because he can just clone himself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, oh man, nothing about this makes any sense. Classic incel move. Need, you know what? I don't even need a girlfriend. They just cause drama. <laughs> Borat the Bachelor. That's me. <laughs> And then the doctor is like, uh, yeah, that's fine. You can go ahead and clone yourself, but it won't stop you from being ugly. You ugly monster. Mm-hmm. You're so horrible you to sure look at. You sure are ugly. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, stop calling me ugly. And then he like backs up into the time lash. And they're like – and the doctor's like, so where did that uh, go? And he's like, uh, Scotland in uh, the – what did he say, 1600s? Is that I what think he it's said? like the 1200s. 1200. Yeah, it's like medieval like, Scotland. <laughs> yeah, medieval Scotland. And he's just like, oh, okay. Well, he'll have uh, he'll have a place to swim around for a few thousand <laughs> years. And he's like, won't people see him? And he's like, sometimes, occasionally. Oh my god. I know I will once. Oh, he's gonna be the Loch Ness monster, and it's so weird because we met the Loch right, Ness exactly. monster two stories ago. Yeah, the Scarson. So that was him. That was Borad. <laughs> That's what this story is. Your mother supposing. Yeah, it's so weird that they like build their own canon to like legitimize the Sixth Doctor while ignoring like the fact that the the, the Loch Ness monster is a like a cyborg, like a Zygon robot thing. I bet you. Well, I bet you if they had gone with like terror at Loch Ness, like we talked about last last time, they, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have made this mistake. They just scrolled through the episode list and they're like, terror the Zygons. Okay, I don't say any Loch Ness. Yeah. We're good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, Eric, it's not like Eric Sayward had ever watched Doctor Who before. <laughs> um, let's be let's be honest. Oh, man. Uh, um, oh, I almost I, I before uh, there's a, a character named Kaz or Katz with a Z like the deli and she's like one of the uh rebels and i really liked her costume i remember thinking if i ever direct 
if if they ever make like a high school production of the last jedi that would be like a great ray costume <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure uh so anyway he's a Loch Ness monster and then the doctor uh they all offer they're like hey you guys should stick around you're 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 not too ha- you're not half bad you know we took down this resurgence whatever like this is going to be great we're going to make this place worth living again and he's like ah no we we should go and uh and uh, herbert is like i might stay and they're like yeah that'd be great you should stay and he's like okay and the doctor's just like hey perry actually he's not going to stay cuz look at his name and he has so a business dumb. card. <laughs> he has a business card. You probably it don't know Herbert. this, Harry, but Herbert George Herbert Wells is an George author Wells. of science fiction books, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing that could have been made it that could have possibly made it worse is if Perry was like Herbert George Wells. Who's that? Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then and then the doctor's just like, you don't know who. H.G. Wells is, you stupid idiot. And then it just like, we have so many audiobooks to listen to on our next trip. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) And you don't get to pick any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. Um, So that's Time Lash. Mm -hmm. It's really, it sounds, we have described it so much more fun than it actually is yeah. to watch. I had a good time. It's yeah, I mean it's like I like I I have a good time when I watch it too because of all the crazy ideas, but like everything takes too long and it it definitely doesn't add up to something based on yeah, I mean part one cashes a lot of checks. Yeah, that's true. Or writes a lot of checks, I should say. Writes a lot of checks that it can't cash. Mm-hmm. It tries to cash them mm-hmm. in part two, but they all bounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and now Time Lash has its picture at the grocery store. Uh, yeah. Do not take checks to this person. It's a broton. Uh, <laughs> I do want to say, uh, you know, broton is an impressive. Borad? Borad. Am I saying Borat? Oh. What did I, am I saying? Boron? Whatever. Uh, bro. No, you're saying, you said Brotan. Brotan. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I call people when they're my friend. Um <laughs> I really liked I really liked the makeup. I mean it looked goofy, but I mean yeah. it looked like they wrote in the script he has half the face of a man and half the face of a of a dinosaur. <laughs> and God love of the him of the Loch Ness monster and God love him, they they did it. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, I was really impressed with his makeup too, because one of the things like I've been watching um Face Off on Hulu. Yes. It's like sort of my 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 like I'm gonna turn my brain off and just like absorb a reality contest show. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine <laughs> is in that at once at one point. Oh really? Yeah, his name's oh, Eric. Cool. Oh. If there's anybody in your season named Eric Zapata. I'll um, have to keep an eye out for that. No I don't do let me know what season he's in. I'll have to look up. Um, yeah. So uh so I've been watching that and like I was like I was just like looking at this makeup and I was like, I mean, I've seen worse things on face off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> And that's, you know, 30 years later, 30, 40 years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's impressive, right? Yeah, like the there's a part where they cut to just the Loch Ness monster side and the lips are still moving as he talks pretty effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a 1985. All I know 
all all I know is uh, if 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 somebody if if Big Finish was like, hey, I you can you can do a spinoff of anything you want from Doctor Who, you just can't use the Doctor or any of his companions. Oh, you geez. can make it about anything else. I I I would say okay, I'm going to do. I don't know how I'll make it work, but I'm going to do a spinoff where Tecker is the bad guy and Pex is the good. Oh guy. Oh my god. Yeah, and Peck, yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'll make it work. Tecker is like be Yeah, Tecker's like the amazing. Skeletor. <laughs> yes. Just Pex versus Tecker. Uh, <laughs> He's here to set Contron to rights or Carful to rights. Contron. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh man. Anyway. So if any of yeah, if any of what we said sounds interesting, uh, maybe you'll just listen to this. It. Like, yeah, I it's still on, it's on BritBox. I don't know if people go and watch the episodes after listening to us talk about it. I don't know if that's what they do. I don't know how people listen to the show. I uh, should um, or what they're or, or what they do afterwards. Like, do they go back and watch the episode? Do they just like watch it along? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, we make the – I think we make this podcast so that they don't have to watch mm-hmm. it uh, if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of the point of the recaps, right? Yeah. So anyway. I wish we didn't have to watch well, some of them. <laughs> or talk about them later. Well, I cast. mean, it's fine to make fun of it. But, like, there yeah, there are a handful of stories that just make me so angry. And this is like borderline one of them. I'm just like, oh god, I hate this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ones the ones that I the ones that are gonna really annoy me are are uh, late era Tom Baker mm. stuff, like Douglas Adams and Beyond. Like that's the stuff that I'm just like, oh my god. Douglas Adams um, and Beyond was my favorite Saturday morning educational uh, <laughs> show. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Time Lash. Uh, next time, The Happiness Patrol. Hell yeah. Why is every episode of this freaking show like the perfect name for like an emo band? I know. <laughs> I feel so spoiled by this this run of the our like watch through because aside from this one and like. I don't know, Faceless Ones was fine, but, like, all of them are super good. So I think that just makes this one stand out more as being not Yeah, great. that's true. That's true. That is very true. Um, yeah, this has been a really good run uh, this time. But, a lot of... Uh, it's, a, it's, yeah. a good, it's a good run to um, go out on as far as, uh, you know, before we start talking about, like, new episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh because I don't think we're going to do another run of this. Like, I don't think we'd be able to get through uh, season seven of the long way around before the show comes yeah. back. So we're probably just going to we're probably just going to call it after this and just uh, go on hiatus until the, the show comes back in the fall. Yeah, for like a few um, weeks, more, more than likely. Right, right, right. Uh, but I will say um, we do have the big question mark of Invaders from Mars coming up <laughs> and the long game, which is fine. But that's about mm-hmm. it. Like it's just fine. And then the Cybermen two parter, which is just not not my favorite it's, thing. It's um, okay. It's 
fine. But like, I just, I just remember all the stuff in that. And I was like, Oh my God, it just, it just feels like it goes on forever. Mm. Um, cause there's just so much to it, but, uh, and then, and then we go out on Amy's choice, which is, Oh, that's, that's a yeah, good one. that'll be fun. That's a good one. Yeah. So anyway, um, all right. Well, we'll be back uh, next week with Time Lash. Every, or nope, we just did Time Lash. We'll no. be back next week. With, <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck in a loop. No. We are. This is the Time Lash. Time Lash is the oh Time Lash. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back next week with the Happiness Patrol. Yeah.